across the country and around the world. This is TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. Hey, welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber and our host, our guest today, Barbara Kay, author of The Top Performer's Guide to Change. Barbara, let's talk about conquering the sabotaging S's. Mm. What about them? <laughs> That's what we would want to know. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> well, the sabotaging S's are... Um, uh, ways in which you take that victim mode and you act it out. Um, so there's stick, think, and uh, stick, shove, and think. To stick is just to have your feet in mud, in which you are just refusing to acknowledge the change. You're refusing to do anything. You just think, you know, if you'll, it's almost like a statue. If I just close my eyes and put my feet down, you know, everything will go away. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a refusal to acknowledge that we need to move forward. And it just, frankly, doesn't work because the world moves on. Uh, so, so that kind of fits in with the unlucky people, so to speak, that are anxious, fearful, narrowly focused, avoid variety, miss opportunities, and expect the worst. That's right. And And these people could actually choose another way of being if they wanted to. Right. And shoving is where you, uh, it's, it's less stuck and less inward focused and more outward focused in which you're pushing people away. Rather than being uh, sort of um, holed up and fearful, you're acting out in an angry way. And you tend to shove away help. You might be blaming. It's the blaming attitude of the victim. You might uh, lash out in anger. You might turn away people who are legitimately trying to support you because you're either too upset or too proud. Um, and so you just start pushing everybody away from you. Uh, and that doesn't work either because uh, we do need support of other people. And so if we're either too proud or too angry to work with other people, it's not very helpful. How do we how do we get ourselves from that to okay I can start choosing relaxed optimistic open minded seek variety seek opportunities make lemonade Wow Don't you wish it were that easy you just yeah. answer the question it's all done You're you're, wa- you're wanting warm lemonade <laughs> Yeah warm lemonade You know um I think the very first thing is to figure out what in the world are we so darn afraid of. Good. What is the very worst thing that could possibly happen? Because one of the things that happens, um, and it's somewhere in the book that we talked about, we tend to exaggerate the fears by thinking this is, oh, entirely awful. Everything is terrible or the situation will never, ever get better, or it's entirely my fault or my problem. We exaggerate it into this sort of all-or-nothing situation that looks very bleak. Yes, and although that's truly how we feel in that moment, we have to somehow rally ourselves and say, you know, this is temporary feeling. That's right. We don't, um, we don't realize that um, we're just sort of stuck in all or nothing because we're so overwhelmed with our feeling. So if you can catch yourself by by examining and kind of stepping back and saying, what is really going on here? And, and, and you often will realize, I feel like everything is entirely awful and it will never get better. 
And if you can, like, say that out loud to yourself and realize that's what you're thinking, then you kind of can look at that and go, well, is that possibly true that it will never, ever get better and 100% of everything is truly terrible? When you say, when you look at that objectively and you push it away from yourself and you look at it, it's ne- ne- hardly ever true right. that it will never, ever get better. Even if you then take your track record and go, you know, I've felt this way before and it hasn't panned out to be true, so if I bring that forward, you know, this is, feels the same way as that did and that worked out, so somehow this can work out too. Right. So if we can realize that we're... There's a, there's a fancy word for it, ha, 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 I'm joking, called awfulizing. You know, we're awfulizing everything. Awfulizing, I got it. Awfulizing. <laughs> that's good. I thought that's when somebody uh, looks at you and goes, oh, I don't want to see you again. <laughs> awfulizing. Awfulizing. And so, you know, when you rec- can begin to recognize that's what's happening. And very often we'll have um, a negative tape or a negative broken record that's going on in our head. And it acts like the little ticker tape or that little CNN trailer that goes on the bottom of the screen. Yep. And one of the first things that is really powerful is be- for people to begin to notice the trailers of what's going on in their head. Yes. And when I work with a client, they will tell you 100%, and this is true, 100% of all my clients I've done work on around these trailers in our heads. And when people begin to catch those, they realize how unproductive and negative they yes. can be. And they have been asleep to them and didn't even realize they were there. And then they get conscious of them and go, oh, my goodness, why am I letting myself do that? Right. And uh, if yes. you catch them, like butterflies flying across the, the screen, the, the screen yep. you begin to realize, I don't really want to be thinking that. Yes. This is not helping me at all. And you stop being reactive and you start being proactive. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Sharma Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Thank you for joining us today. Our guest is Barbara Kay, author of The Top Performer's Guide to Change. You know, that's the process of getting aware. Mm -hmm. Awareness is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And then aware that you can turn directions. That's right. Now you become aware of what your subconscious is spitting at you, and you go, whoa, bucko, we're not going to have this going on anymore. So, right. So you wrote, uh, there's three uh, aspects, stick, shove, and what's the third one? Sink. Sink. That's the, um, the most desperate one, and that is when uh, it's kind of stick and shove and all rolled up into one in which we really become destructive. Someone is sinking when they're starting to do really self-destructive things. Yeah. When instead of just um, taking a nap or watching a little bit of a television to decompress, they're staring in, in front of the TV all day, never getting off the couch, or they're never getting out of bed or they're escaping into other forms of um, making themselves feel better, whether that would be drugs or alcohol, or when they're angrily lashing out, you know, they're mad at mm-hmm. the situation at work, and they just get up and yell at the boss one day and quit in a huff. Yeah. Those are, re- or they start taking all their money and wildly spending it, uh, racking up debt on the credit card or doing something really outrageous. Mm. Um, that's the That's the sink where they're really, really beginning to act down in a very negative way. And, and you know, most of the time, 
that does not happen. And hopefully, uh, we have people who can support us or catch us if we start to do something really nuts like that. Yeah, it's nice to get an infrastructure like that, isn't it? Yeah, you need. As a matter of fact, uh, if you're if you're going that way, you need to have uh, some sort of support network where you can go to, almost like AA. You have some sort of person you can call up and say, "I feel like doing something crazy. Yeah, talk me out of this." Yeah, yeah, that's very helpful. When you, uh, Barbara, when you make people aware of what you call the ticker tape, how often, when they get a hold of that, does that in and by itself change their lives? Really, it is tremendously powerful. The first thing is the awareness, as you said. Most of my clients have really not paid much attention to the little trailers that are running along the bottom of their mind. And when you when you talk to them about this and then you give them perhaps the assignment, you know, for the next week I just want you to start noticing mm-hmm. the little flits of thoughts that go across your mind on a daily basis. They'll come back the next week and, and say, I had no idea <laughs> the amount of thoughts that were flying across my mind and how many of them were negative or unproductive or unhelpful. And oftentimes the same ones all your life. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. In fact, on infinitum pucum, if you want to tell the truth. Oh, I like that, on oh. infinitum pucum. So when you get to those ones, and sometimes they are all connected to a core one yes. uh, that they that has, perhaps was embedded in their brain early, like I'm not valuable, yeah. or I always have to be perfect, mm-hmm. or I always have to please everyone around me. Those are the really insidious ones. Uh, that tend to come up and, and have very pervasive uh, effect on people. And if you can deconstruct those with folks and help them develop what I call, um, I don't mean this in a religious tone, but I, we uh, affectionately call it a new mantra. Right. Mm-hmm. And they devise a something that is still true to them. They can't feel like it's Pollyanna and unbelievable, like, well, I'm just perfect and I never do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to buy that. Nobody right. would buy that. That's right. They have to, it has to be authentic and genuine. But something that is true and much more helpful. Yes. And, and people have a sense for their gifts and they know what they're good at mm-hmm. and they know their strengths and resources. And they can latch them onto those things, and then they can develop some mantra, so to speak, that will help them, whether it be in the change or in whatever situation. So basically, you have them become aware of the ticker tape in their head, that which is destructive, not finding solutions. They catch it, they see the negativity, and they turn it to a positive ticker tape and begin to get that as a solid habit of, of how you respond to a situation. Yes, the fancy name for this is called cognitive restructuring. But really, and the, but the marketing name is rebranding. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And that's exactly what you're doing. You are choosing to be a new you. You're choosing to be a new you. And then the next level is a discipline in which you invite them to catch themselves every time that old ticker tape comes that's along. That's right. Because actually the, the brain... Uh, if you do um, neurological research, the thought processes in the brain literally burn pathways yes. in, the neural, in the neural network. It's what we call thought forms. Yep, absolutely. That's and, right. and they're real live neural burn right. pathways. It's like, it's like paths in the woods. And you walk on the same path in the wood and you tramp all the grass down. 
And the only way that is grass is going to grow up and the path is not going to be there anymore is you have to make a new path. Yep. But it takes work to create a new path. You've got to tromp all that grass down and get rid of all the underbrush that's in the way. And so it takes more and more practice. You have to stop the old path, you know, literally stop it and make yourself stop it, and then you have to start to burn a new path in the brain until it has taken over. So, and that, that takes some time. It doesn't happen overnight. But time and really, energy and commitment and discipline. If you do it consistently within... Well, I would predict if you do it consistently within a week or two, things will be dramatically different. So basically, you have these old paths that are not as good, not, they're destructive, you see that you know, it really never gets me anywhere, and you, uh, you change realities. You change the path, you change how you do that, and you basically you're changing your reality of how you see life, how you expect life, and so you open new doors of how life will be. Exactly, and, and those who have done cognitive research have determined that actual cognitive restructuring literally changes not only the neural pathways in the brain, but actually changes mood and affect and our feeling because our neural chemistry responds to our thoughts. So um, it, it's, it's like creating your own antidepressant. <laughs> That's really true. It's true. It's absolutely it true. true. So we it can, is true. We, and it's way better than a drug. Hands down. So we can create our own reality just by shifting how we are dwelling on things. Because with, That's right. And because with a drug, you're, it's like a Band-Aid, but it doesn't change the pathways. Right. But with this, without the drug, you've changed the pathways, and they are permanently changed. Right. Not only that, but you have now learned how to do it. And when you go find other areas that are destructive, you now know that you can do it because you've already done it once. Right. And the other thing that's really important in the stick, sink, and shove of staying away from that is also um, taking good uh, care of yourself physically. Uh, because when you are stressed, the easiest thing to do is vegetate on the couch, eat the, all the wrong kind of foods, and probably have too much caffeine, and if you enjoy a glass of wine, probably too much of that. And it's really a, a very much a discipline to make sure you don't fall into bad habits because that will also affect both your energy and mood. Yes. You, you know, that is so important to have a immediately, you know, I used to recommend get out of the house, go take a walk, or, or get some nice music on, or, you know, some way to change the mode so that you don't follow all the habits of the modality. Well, um, um, I can tell you in the in the winter here, as it's minus 10 degrees, <laughs> and it's dark, and it's cold, the thing you want to do in the morning is huddle under your covers and not go exercise. Boy, no fooling. No fooling. And I have a mantra, which I say to myself every winter, which is, I will feel better when I'm done. <laughs> That's my mantra too, Barbara. Every I morning I get up and walk. The first thing I do, and that's what I say, I'll be happy when I, I can live with myself if I do this. Right. I will feel better when I done it. I'm done. And you know, I always do feel better when I'm done. Oh, that's yes, a good one. Yeah. It's really true. You, you you know it's true. Some part of you experience it, reinforce it, so you know it's the truth. So this gets you up and doing it. Right. Great. Absolutely. That's really great. So, where do we want to go from here? <laughs> this is the this is the jackrabbit yes. over here. She said, "Okay, I'm ready for more." 
I would like to encourage people to know, actually we only have about a minute and a half here before break, so we don't really have time to start another segment, but I would like people to know how absolutely true it is that if you choose these new this new path for like three weeks, and like Barbara said, you'll even start noticing a difference sooner than that. Even in a week to two weeks, you will notice a difference. But by three weeks, you will have a new habit set in motion, and it will start changing your life. The com- commitment lock makes all the difference. It truly. Yes. And, and I would encourage people to do something concrete about that. Um, one concrete method is to put, put your mantra on like a three by five card and stick it someplace, in, you know, maybe in your mirror where you look at it every day. Or some people will say, put it something in your pocket that represents the mantra. And every time you need to shift your thinking, touch that thing. Because we are a physical, we are physical beings that live in a physical world. Okay, we got to take a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. Our guest is Barbara Kate, the Top Performer's Guide to Change. We'll be right back. <laughs> 